On today's show, I bring you part number one of He Said, She Said, how to work together as a couple when you are apart much of the time. On today's show, I have relationship coach, coaches, I should say, and partners, Veronica Clark and Justin DeWitt, who spend 60% of their time apart, 40% of their time together. They own two homes together in two different states. They work together, they coach together, they love together, and they're going to share some great tools and learning and self-discovery from their own experiences on how to keep a relationship alive, functioning. And I'm here to warn you, this is probably not the show to have small ears, as in children, listening with you. We talk about infidelity. We talk about sexual trauma. We talk about a lot of adult things that have to do with relationships. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage, partner up with your partner ideally and listen together, listen separately, but definitely have a conversation about it because during this, they're going to share some good tools and concepts about um, creating almost like a contract in your partnership, whether you're just starting out, whether you've been together for a while. Here's part one of the series. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your first class life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades, and I cannot imagine any other lifestyle. Yes, there's no doubt it's a mix of turbulence and blue skies, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife life. So welcome back again to the Pilot Wife podcast. As I mentioned in the introduction, I'm thrilled to be bringing you um, a partnered group who do relationship coaching. And while they're not specifically in aviation, relationships are relationships and good communications and, and all of that doesn't change from sector to sector, profession to profession. So with that, let me introduce to you first um, Justin DeWitt, and then his partner will be speaking with him as well, Veronica Clark. So Justin, again, I have not had many men on the show, so I'm thrilled to welcome you. I appreciate you saying yes. Tell us a little bit about you and your background and before you became a relationship coach. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me on. I am really grateful to be one of the first guys on your podcast. Um, my background, uh, is very, very diverse. Um, I'm a lot of things. I'm a consummate student and learner. I love to learn about all kinds of things. And that's been the way it has been for me since I was a young child. Um, my background in business, I've, I've built many multiple businesses. Um, I do some business coaching, uh, consulting. I do things like that. But one of the things I do for passion is because my life was touched so much by uh, relationship issues, especially like sexual abuse of my partner, 
that's one of the things that that caused me to want to learn everything I could about relationships and about overcoming those sexual abuse things. And on that path, I fell into learning about personal development, psychology, philosophy, um, and really started to change my life for the better. Um, you know, the thing I've learned from the most, I learned from all these multiple sources, but my screw ups in life have been the most teaching, the profound teaching moments for me personally. Um, I'm proud to say that my first wife and I are still very good friends. We're wonderful co-parents. We get along wonderfully. Um, I consider her a friend and one of the most amazing women I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. And that took a lot of work to get there. Um, now I'm in relationship with Veronica and she is my beloved. She's my morning sun and evening stars. She's my Christmas morning. She's my everything. And, and I love her beyond words. And it just is a magnificent thing that we are both aligned in our passion to teach and to share our story with people in hopes about relationships and about having better sex and less drama and more love and creation in our, in our lives. And, and we actually met at a Tantra workshop in California years and years ago and became friends and we're just friends for a long time. So it's nice. I, I get so excited to be able to teach with her and to do something I'm passionate about with her and have her be equally passionate about it. So I'm just really happy to be here. And hopefully what we can share today is going to make some meaningful changes and help people in a meaningful way. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. And can I just say, um, wow, does that sound so healthy? It sounds so healthy to hear someone say, I was in a partnership, a marriage. I had children in that marriage. That marriage ended, and yet the friendship and the partnership, especially parenting, has continued on and continued on in such a healthy way that in front of your beloved Veronica, mm -hmm. you're able to state that and oh, have wow. everybody be good with that. That oh. is amazing. So with that note, and I'm going to take some notes, I'm going to circle back to that at some point during our conversation. But before we do that, so first of all, thank you for sharing that so eloquently and passionately. Um, Veronica, tell us about you. Mm, yeah, first, just mm, I'm so happy to be here with my man, with you, Jackie. Mm. Exciting. <laughs> um, so so education wise and credentials and so forth, I, um, I'm a um, somatic experiencing trauma therapist. I work with couples. I work with women, helping them to help heal from sexual trauma and um, just really to find more joy and pleasure in their life. And um, this was a very long and winding circuitous path for me to come to this because it was, it was really my own, my own healing, my own, you know, um, troubled experiences in childhood, my own marriage that was super rocky and was also sprinkled with infidelity and um, just a lot of like distrust and lack of communication and all of these different things that really led me to trying to figure out how do I really love myself and love and trust another person to be in relationship with. 
And I used to um, just really focus a lot more on like sexual healing. And I realized that, you know, what I do and what I offer to people is so much greater than that. This has to do with relationship in every single aspect. And when we can really start to work on the relationship within ourselves, the interpersonal relationship, and start to find more trust and to start to find more healing, then we can also start to extend that to the people that we're in relationship with, especially those that we're closest in relationship with, like our beloveds, you know, the, our husbands, our wives, the, you know, our significant others. And, um, you know, I love teaching with Justin because like, we get to get in front of people and say, hey, listen, we know you love each other and you want to learn how to love each other more and you want to learn how to like be closer. And, you know, so what's all the stuff that's in, getting in between that? Let's, let's handle that so that you can get to, you know, the less drama and the better sex and the more joy and all of those things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled to be here. I love that. Okay. So Veronica, I want to hear from your perspective. Justin already mentioned how you met. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that from your perspective. And then I cannot wait to dig into what you've already shared and some of my questions that relate from the aviation perspective with, you know, trust and boundaries and separation and anxiety and healing and sexual trauma and all that. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Ask away. Mm, So you know, as I mentioned, I I was actually leaving a relationship. Um, I'd been married for and been with the same man for 17 years, and then immediately got out of that relationship and went into another seven-year relationship. And it was at the end of that relationship that I met Justin. Now, here's the interesting thing. I chose to be intermittently celibate. I was choosing to just focus on myself so that I could heal my wounds. And figure out who I was, like really figure out who I was without someone else. And without the idea that I needed somebody to like fix me or to make me feel better or to whatever, whatever those background stories were that were playing in the back of my head that I wasn't even sure of. I was trying to figure out what that was. Um, I knew that I wasn't showing up fully in relationship with anyone, especially myself. I knew that I didn't feel like effervescent and full of joy and it didn't feel good. I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel like really, I didn't feel beautiful. Like I knew like there was, I didn't feel that from the inside. And so I went to Big Sur, California and I went to, um, to work with a teacher who is a, who is a very well-known Tantra teacher, Tantra, meaning, you know, it's sacred sexuality, but dives into many other beautiful spiritual aspects. So I went to study with Margot Anand in um, Big Sur, California. And um, I'm focused on like marrying myself, you know, like I'm focused on like, who the hell am I? Like, what do I want? What's going to make me feel good? How do I get really juicy in my life? And I see this man and he's like, He's, he's very handsome, but I thought he was a bad boy because like Margot Anand is speaking and he's walking out and like the audacity of this man to be like walking out of the room when this like amazing teacher is here anyways. So I didn't really give him much more attention beyond that. 
because I was really, I was there in commitment and dedication to myself. Um, but Justin tells this story much better than I do. But on the very last day of our, of the, the week-long retreat, um, we had an incredible dance. And it was really magical. And it was like a dance that, like nobody else on earth was in that but us. Like it was just us. And even saying that right now, I can like feel that in my heart and I can feel that just in my body, the depth of what I'm saying. And I had no idea how significant that dance would actually be and what that would mean. But I'll tell you that it took us three and a half years to really like be able to circle back in relationship, um, to be in relationship with one another as, you know, future husband and wife, as, as partners, as soulmates. Um, but during that time, Justin and I were really able to develop a rock solid, like relationship within ourselves, which was interesting because we were like parallel. Um, but then also be able to be like trust in each other enough to practice boundaries, to speak our truth. Like we didn't realize this. And I'll speak for myself, but I was developing in many ways like the communication skills that we're now teaching other people, the honesty and the depth and the introspection and all of those things, um, the, the gentleness, the, you know, self-awareness, we were practicing that with each other. And, it, and we were doing that for a good three and a half, almost four years um, before you know, saying yes to each other for this next path. So. Okay. And so, and you live in different locations. Yeah. And I don't believe you've ever lived in the same city. So tell us about that. Want to take that, babe? Yeah, of course. We, we split time. So we share a home in Scottsdale and we share a home just South of Salt Lake city, but we have, we both own our own businesses. And I have businesses here in Salt Lake that I'm committed to and that I that take a good a good amount of time for me to run and to have those be hyperly successful. I'm constantly driving those. And so we split our time about 60-40. It's about 40% of the time together, about 60% of the time apart. And there are certain things that we have done, uh, certain habits that we've made, certain choices that we've made. Um, that we that help us like that 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 help that separation. Uh, we we call it a dance. Like we refer to it as a dance. I say, oh, we need to change our dance. And that coming going when when you have two people dancing, you know, the partners will move together. They'll move apart from each other. They'll they'll go away from each other. It that coming and going. And so when we don't like something, we talk about changing our dance. But there's little processes, even like our phone calls or our texts. Good morning and good night making sure that when we communicate, we have efficiency of, of the way that we communicate, that we don't get lost in storytelling, that we can be efficient with what's important at the time. We always check in with each other about our emotional state, you know? So I'll ask her, I'll say, you know, baby, are you okay? And that's my way of saying, I'm checking in with you emotionally. So we, we have certain habits that we've created, then we teach some of these habits in, in our courses and give people a system so that they, they can, you know, of course, they can pick and choose what they want to do, but at least there's a recipe. They can follow that 
and get predictable results. So. Okay. So I, I and I love that. And I want to dive in a little further. So, um, you know, from the aviation perspective, as I've shared with both of you, and certainly as the audience knows, you know, one of the things that goes on, no mystery to either of you is that, you know, there's a lot of separation, there's loneliness, there's anxiety, there's fears, and nothing any different than the two of you have and maybe are even experiencing at times, right? None of us have it 100% wired, no matter how evolved we get. There's still those stories. I love that you brought that up, Justin. You know, we have all these stories from the past that we project into the present and the future Absolutely. and it messes with everything. So I would love to know, um, first, Justin, I think you've mentioned this, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you might've had some infidelity in a previous relationship. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. let's talk about some of that and how think, you know, that happened. You dealt with it, you recovered now where you both are and feel free you guys to bounce off each other. Well, um, so depending on what study you read and how that study quantifies uh, infidelity, like, cause some people will term, you know, looking at pornography infidelity, or some people think, well, anything up to, but not including penetrative sex is infidelity. Like people set the marker for their relationship in multiple places. But depending on the study, three out of four couples will experience infidelity during the term of their relationship. Now, but the problem is, the real thing is when I read that statistic, I go, oh, that's a lot. But what it immediately made me think is it's probably better to prepare for what to do to avoid it first of all. But secondly, if three out of four people I know have experienced infidelity, I, I'm not going to be immune to that. So what should I do if infidelity takes place? My response is the most important thing that I can prepare. Um, and so that, that's a big part of it. The second thing is for me in my previous relationship, there was a quite a bit of infidelity. And I felt extremely foolish when I found out what was going on. Now I've been on both sides of the infidelity coin. And I think that at least I can speak for myself when, when I had, you know, when I, when I was the cheater in the past, and I don't have to tell the story, let's just say that in my mind, I broke the rules. So when I was the, the cheater, I made a, I, it was a really powerful lesson for me. And I learned what I wanted for myself. And I can say without a, without hesitation that in my current relationship and in my, you know, relationships that I had leading up to this relationship with Veronica, there were opportunities for me to cheat or to, you know, lie. And I am proud to say that I made that choice before for myself. And I, and I avoided those. I, I made what I believe is the, are the right choices. I said, that's not, that's not who I am. I'm not going to do that. And so a lot of times people say once a cheater, always a cheater. That's not true. People can change. Um, it's all about what we want to be and growing towards that. Um, one of the hardest things about infidelity is learning to trust again. Um, once that trust is broken, it's very difficult and it's very arduous to rebuild it, especially to, for me, sometimes even now I will get triggered during Veronica and I's separation. Um, and, and I 
have to, I do the, the process I use, I tell myself the story that I want to be true. I, I don't get lost in the what ifs and the speculation and the let my mind tell myself stories that, that don't serve me. It brings my energy down. It, it, it throws everything off. It, it breeds resentment. It's very unhealthy. So one of the best things a person can do if they've experienced infidelity, even if, it, if it's happened and they're trying to repair that relationship, is to constantly stay as much as possible in a positive mindset, telling yourself the story that you want to be true, you know, managing your own behavior through that, through that little methodology. And I, I love that. And, and, uh, you know, I've done a lot of mindset work and thought work and studying all of that and learning about the primitive brain and how it works. And it's all about self-preservation. So I guess one of the quick questions is we, we don't control the thoughts that come into our mind. We do control, however, our ability to become aware and, you know, do a pattern interrupt like Tony Robbins likes to say, and, and stop that. And, and then deliberately think, deliberately feel, deliberately create new neural pathways and beliefs and all of that. So share a little bit, if you would, about how you do manage that as someone who still to this day can, can allow or can experience that story from the past creeping in, but now with the tools and the work that you've done, have those tools and the skill sets to process it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the pattern interrupt process is exactly what I use for myself. So um, it used to be in my past relationship that if I didn't know what was going on, or if she wasn't checking in, or if there was some little red flag that came up, then my mind would immediately start down that path of, uh, well, let's say this, jealousy. So it's jealousy that I would feel. Let's say that, let's put that label on the emotion I'm feeling. Well, jealousy is a super hungry emotion. Like it needs to be fed. And so what I would do is I would like start to try and figure out where she was and what she was doing. And I would start to look back at the texts and the timestamps on the texts. And I would start to become this investigator looking for more evidence to prove a story that I don't want to be true in the first place. <laughs> right. And so I start to like, I'm making myself crazy and miserable by searching for more evidence of something that I don't know if it's even true. It's much, it's much, much better in my mind. Like if I have a, if I have a question about Veronica's behavior or, you know, a schedule or where she was when I couldn't get a hold of her to just ask. But in the meantime, you know, she and I have come up with an agreement that if we can't be reached or if there's something going on, or if she needs to take space for, a, for something, we have both agreed that, that the first thing that the other should assume is that we're taking care of ourselves, and that we're doing what's in the best interest of our relationship. Yeah. Like the, the thing about learning to trust again and learning to not let those things trigger you is to realize that you cannot have trust without vulnerability. Like you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to experience how good it feels to be able to trust and how good it feels to have your partner be there for you and come through for you. So, you know, vulnerability is part of the deal. And we're all 
deep down a little scared of getting left and a little scared of being seen as foolish or maybe not attractive enough. And those are the things when I do those pattern interrupts, uh, I'll talk to myself, I'll be like, that's not the case. She's a wonderful, amazing, beautiful woman. Um, I'm worth it. Like I'm, and I say positive things about myself. Um, and I use those mantras and those I am statements. And I just change my thoughts and I move towards productivity instead of that cycle of feeding the jealous three-headed monster that gets bigger every time you feed it. So hopefully that makes sense. Oh, it makes beautiful sense. And I'd love to jump in, but I want to give Veronica a chance because I can tell she's got some good stuff to share. So Veronica, jump in. Oh, just really just listening. I, I love everything that, that Justin's saying. It's so beautiful. And some of the things that, that he's saying, I know that it just, it comes in time. It comes with, it comes through experience. It comes through having those difficult experiences and feeling that disconnection and so forth. And then, and then coming to a point of reckoning with oneself, or if you're fortunate coming to a reckoning within the relationship to say, we're creating different agreements now and starting to, to choose differently. And it takes work and it takes time. And I was thinking about, you know, myself as a young woman being married out of high school to a young man who had very little experience and so forth. And we're both professional and, you know, starting a, a young family. And, you know, when I think, you know, and, and I was also, you know, my husband cheated and then I in turn also cheated out of, you know, out of hurt, out of retaliation because I wanted to feel better. And when I really, really think back about what led to those things to, to our separation, because it, because we loved each other, we just didn't know how to love. And so it's like a lack of connection, lack of that authentic, vulnerable, vulnerable connection, which I think a lot of like young younger people don't necessarily know how to, how, how, what does that look like? What does that feel like? You know, and especially if they didn't have the, that in their, like any role models for it. Um, I realized too, like being afraid to say what, like saying the unsayable, saying something that might make you feel like might make you seem insecure or might seem needy or might seem like weak. You know, and so trying to suck that up and, you know, pretend like everything's okay and not actually saying the things that are really, really vulnerable and really true. And so what I would say to anybody who is listening to this podcast, um, whether you are new in the relationship, in the marriage, or whether you've been married for, you know, 35 plus years, is that, you know, remembering Remembering truly what you want in a relationship and out of connection and, and being able to, to, to speak honestly and truthfully about what your needs are and um, to say the unsayable, to say that I need your attention, I need your affection, I need more hugs, I need to be shown more love, I feel left out, I feel lonely, and I'm afraid that maybe because we've gone on this way that it's going to continue. And it scares me because I don't want to lose this relationship. I don't want to lose this love, this marriage. I want us to work. And this is what I need in order to, 
to really feel good and feel beautiful and feel loved and nourished in this relationship. And I wish, I wish that my 19-year-old self had that. When we hung in there for a long time, we stayed married until I was uh, 33. But even to that time, I didn't have that language. So now it's like, that would be my biggest offering to anybody is just to be able to speak what your desires are, really opening up your heart and really speaking what your desires are. Even if you are so vulnerable and you feel like, "Mm, I don't know what's going to happen. And then speak your fears about saying what your desires are for the relationship, for yourself. And then whatever the boundaries are or whatever the, you know, whatever the support is. Let me just speak into that one more second. Justin and I are, are apart right now and we'll be apart probably for another like 10 days. And so, so because we, we still have needs, I, I still want to see him. I want to hug him. I'm a, I'm a professional woman. I'm a, I'm a businesswoman, but there's this part of me that still needs to be held and I need to be comforted. And I just need to be, I just need to be feminine. I need to just not have to have the hat on or make the decisions. I need to be able to curl up in my man's arms and just like, feel like I'm safe with him. And so we have a boundary with like, we can't go longer than this amount of time. You know, 10 days is like, that's, that's, that's too much that that's enough. That is the longest time. That's right. And then, and if for some strange reason, it's going to be longer than that, then what do we need to, in order to make sure that we stay so deeply connected that that separation doesn't cause injury, doesn't cause separation or like, you know, internal separation, even though there's the physical proximal um, separation. So. Um, I'm going to put a bow on that, but just the desires, the fears, and the boundaries. And we, Justin and I use that for so many different pieces in our relationship. And if I can just touch into that for just a second, the interesting thing that Veronica and I had, that one of the gifts that we had to work with that a lot of people don't, is that we both had been studying Tantra and relationships. Like I've been studying Tantra and relationships for 20 years. So it was interesting. Um, It was interesting that when we got together and we actually sat down on the floor in the living room where I'm sitting right now, and we, we had a little relationship business meeting and we negotiated the terms of our relationship. And we used that, those, that structure that she just mentioned that desires, fears, and boundaries. It was like, this is what I want out of the relationship. Here's the fears I have associated with that. Here's my vulnerabilities. And here's the boundaries. Here's what I'll tolerate and what I won't. And we did that day one after being friends for three and a half years. That was the first conversation that we had when we said, okay, we're really going to do this. All right, well, let's have, let's do, let's, let's use some of those tools we have. And so we teach those tools to, to the, to the classes that we, that we get to talk to and they change lives. When you learn how to communicate really well, it makes everything else easier. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, we've touched on infidelity and we've touched on boundaries and some other things, but the number one, the only thing that kills relationships is resentment. Like my, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's money or it's infidelity or it's communication. Well, those are symptoms. 
It's the resentment that we all bear within ourselves that makes us finally throw our arms in the air and say, I'm giving up. I can't deal with this person anymore. I can't stand them. And it's resentment. So whenever we have resentment, Veronica and I have an agreement that if we feel resentment starting in any aspect of our relationship or our personal life, we immediately squash it out. That is, our, that is like one of our number one agreements between the two of us. I love that. So th- three thing, things immediately come up for me from this conversation is number one, okay, that is great. And I love that you both had the tools to start your romantic relationship by sitting down face to face, eyeball to eyeball with all your junk and garbage and, and wants and desires out in front of you, between you, I suppose, on the floor. So somebody who's already in relationship, maybe has whatever, but says, hey, I'm fully vested in this relationship. I want to remain in this. I want this marriage to last, this partnership to last, whatever it is. How do they start that process of renegotiating, I suppose, what the marriage, the partnership is going to look like in setting that contract. That's number one. And then I'll come to the other two. Well, and that's, that's exactly it is that you come to a place of renegotiating the terms of the relationship and of compromising. See people, people are, are oftentimes compromising. They're being quiet about what they really want. They're just going with the flow. They're just trying to keep the peace. And so, you know, just letting things go. And that, that, that is the thing that helps that leads to the resentment because it's just keeping in the things that are not said. So when you come to a place and you're like, okay, here we are, this is the reckoning that I'm talking about. This is where I am. This is where we are. We want to stay in this relationship. Yes. Okay. We need to renegotiate the term set. So then it's looking at individually, how have I been showing up in this relationship? How have I been showing up? And then how do I think that my partner has been showing up? What do I really want from this relationship? How do I want to feel in this relationship? What do I need in this relationship? Like the, the, the model, the communication model that I just shared, the desires, the fears, the boundaries is part of that renegotiation mm-hmm. and having that, you know, conversation. And also, I think, I think that there's a little pre-work that has to be done before you go into the negotiation, okay? Because one of the things that we didn't say was that Justin and I, um, it was kind of funny, but I had a very, I sent him a message, a voice memo, and I, I asked him to explore a relationship with me from a place of safety. And so that was kind of like, that was the, that's the, the ter- that's just the beginning of it. So what am I looking for? And some safety. And so when a couple has been married for a while, there needs to be some understanding of, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here to finally say to you everything that I've been holding, withholding. I've been, I'm here to share all of my silent prayers that I have for this relationship and for myself as a woman or as a man. And I'm here to just share all of that. And I don't want to be judged for it. Although it's so easy, especially when you've been in the relationship for a long time, that there's going to be some judgment about like, you know, so, so it's like, there's this agreement of before I share any of this, I, there's no judgment. Can we just stay open to hearing each other and be receptive and not take it personal? Can we do that? Can we agree to that? Yes, we can agree. Awesome. Now we can move forward. 
and, and move into the renegotiation. But if that primary agreement, that initial agreement of, can I speak, can I speak without you interrupting me? Can I speak without you taking it personal and, and making it feel like I'm attacking you and just say everything I've been wanting to say? Can I do that? Yes. Thank you. And then you go into, this is what I desire for the relationship. This is what I desire for me. This is what my fear is. This is the support. This is the boundary. And, and you, you do that. And then you get to hear the other person express back to you. You know, what did you hear me say? And when people have been married for a long time, you know, it's easy to get into these habits where maybe we're communicating or not making eye contact or you're communicating and you're like, you know, you're overseas or something like that, you know, and we're, we're, we're doing these things that are really fast. And instead, this renegotiation is trying to renegotiate from a place of heart and a place of soul and being present with each other. And actually, even if you're not like sitting in front of each other, having this conversation that you are on FaceTime or you're making some kind of eye contact or you're doing something to be able to say, I'm with you. I am paying attention to you. And then repeating back to your partner what you heard them say. This is a fundamental piece for being able to renegotiate because it's like, I need to know that you actually heard me. Did you hear my heart? I want to connect with you. I want to connect with myself. Did you hear me? And there's this, especially when you've been married and been together for a long time, that can be so healing because sometimes that's all we've been waiting for is to be heard by our partner to know that our partner really hears us. That goes beyond all the money and all the lavish and all the everything else that they provide. Do you hear me? And, and to that, if I can add one thing, mm-hmm. what she's talking about with the do you hear me? She's not asking, do you understand? She's not asking, can you relate? Like I, you know, I've had many women that I have dated and, and women I've actually been in relationship with over the years who've had sexual trauma and they've opened up to me about this and I can't relate. I can't even comprehend what that's like. I, I have no means by with, by which to relate, but I can, but I can listen and I can understand and love from a place of, I don't understand what you're going through. I I can't comprehend what that's like but I understand that it's real for you. And I understand that in this moment, you need to just be heard and not judged. And, you know, again, it's not always about being able to understand. It's about being able to create safety for those conversations that are difficult to take place without judgment. That's the true vulnerability of intimacy. Intimacy is vulnerability and is that acceptance. Like, when you really are intimate with someone, you can have those conversations and not judge to love them as much for these amazing, wonderful experiences they've had, as well as the scars they may bear from these horrific experiences or trials or whatever they've been through. So that's what real intimacy is. So, so good. All right. That was part one with Veronica and Justin. Hopefully you've taken away some really powerful tools and some ideas for wherever you are in your relationship 
expanding communication, recovering from trauma, betrayal, whatever it is, learning to trust again, um, my hope for you is that this has helped you. So again, come back. You do not want to miss part two. It's equally as awesome, if not better. And I look forward to seeing you, so to speak, on that episode. Make it a great day. I am a mindset and peak performance coach, so I work mostly with women to help them rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose and create that better flight plan, avoid that turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. So if you are interested in having a discussion with someone who's been a pilot wife for over 33 years, navigating thousands of miles and moments of life in aviation, along with mommyhood and business, schedule a call with me. Go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.